Well, hey there, and welcome back to the show. So when my kids were in preschool, I took them across the country to visit family by myself. They were young, they were little, they were in strollers at the time. Um, due to a series of unfortunate events, a five-hour trip across the country turned into 11. We did not get to my sisters in Denver until six o'clock in the morning. Now, thanks to my ADHD ability to hyperfocus, I managed to overpack for what had, could have been a disastrous trip. Honestly, my kids were better behaved than some of the adults on the plane because they had so much to keep them busy. Now, my next guest is Dawn Barclay. Dawn is an award-winning author who has spent a 30-plus year career working in different aspects of the travel industry, including her parents' travel firms. Next, she branched out into travel trade reporting with senior or contributing editor positions at Travel Agent Magazine, Travel Life, Travel Market Report, and most recently, Insider Travel Report. Now, Dawn, Dawn holds degrees in psychology and marketing, is the mother of two, and resides in New York's Hudson Valley. She also writes fiction as DM Barr and holds leadership roles in several writer organizations. Now, during this episode, Dawn and I talk about the challenges and considerations, as well as the incredible resources available for families traveling with differently wired kids. She says that it is possible to create amazing experiences for the whole family with a little help from experts like Dawn. We talk about introducing the concept of travel to our neurodiverse kids. We talk about creating many experiences before going on a big vacation. We talk about preparing to the nth degree and creating a child-centric vacation. And we talk about all the amazing resources that are available for neurodiverse families that can be found in her new book, Traveling Different, Vacation Strategies for Parents of the Anxious, the Inflexible, and the Neurodiverse. But before we dig in, I wanted to share a word from our sponsor. Now, one thing I know for sure is that we have to deal with our own emotions before we can help our children deal with theirs, especially when we're traveling and away from the comfort and consistency of home. That's why I depend on experts like nervous system educator, Krista Bevan. Krista has created a truly brilliant course to help moms like me and you regulate our nervous systems that tend to run, run on overdrive with ADHD. If you know you need some help in the emotional regulation area, an executive function that is often challenging for ADHDers, check out her foundations course. It's designed for what she calls cycle breaker moms, but the content is brilliant for ADHD moms too. It has honestly been a game changer in my own life. I'm a course participant and I love the way Krista teaches in a way that my ADHD mind can understand. She also includes easy steps to implement what I'm learning into my everyday life. You can find all the deets at bit.ly forward slash VDM dash radical mother dash foundations or find the link in the show notes. And just so you know, I only recommend and allow sponsors that I have personal experience with and Krista and her courses are the real deal. So check out the course and enjoy this enlightening conversation with Don Barclay about traveling different. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices 
for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hey, Dawn, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, I'm super excited about having this conversation. And But before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how this book came into being? Yeah, terrific. Well, I was the daughter of two travel agents who had a, one of the largest travel agencies in Manhattan mm, in, right. in the 70s. Uh-huh. And um, I grew up traveling a lot. I mean, from going to the ASTA convention at two to seeing my grandparents in England, you know, all through my youth, I was always on the go. And I graduated from working for them to writing for travel magazines. I've been the um, either the senior editor or the contributing editor for a number of travel trade magazines. So when I had children, um, I was not prepared to stop traveling. Yeah. And they were not prepared to travel. (laughs) Got it. I that. totally understand. They, they yes. were they were challenging, and I know some people in the special needs community do not like the words "challenging children," and that's their choice. They say that society is um, what's challenging, not the children. But my kids, I'll say, they were challenging. They had issues with transitions, uh, and they definitely were anxious and inflexible. Where I got the title of the book. Okay. So. When I needed a book like this in the early 2000s, none existed. But having been a travel trade reporter, I started interviewing for the book. Mm-hmm. And so I spoke to people like Dr. Tony Atwood, who's very large in the autism community. I spoke to Dr. Ellen Littman, who's very large in ADHD. Uh, and then I kind of hit a wall because I didn't know where else to go for my interviews. And it wasn't until many years later when the uh, IBCCES is an organization that does credentialing and continuing education. They came out with a credential called the Certified uh, Autism Travel Professional. Mm, and then cool. I knew exactly how to finish the book because I knew I could interview so many of these wonderfully trained people, many of whom are special needs parents themselves. And they introduced me to some of their clients who were kind enough to speak to me. And then there was so much more information out on the internet in 2019 than there was in 2000, that it became a much easier book to write, especially when you have two years where you can't leave the house. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Perfect timing. (laughs) Yeah. So that's how the book came to be. All right. All right. That's brilliant. You've got so much from your childhood and from your experience as a mom and yeah, brilliant. So tell us about the, what's the book? What's the name of the book? Okay. Um, the book is called Traveling Different Vacation Strategies for the Anxious, the Inflexible, and the Neurodiverse. Mm. And it's the culmination of over 100 interviews with mental health professionals, parents, these certified autism travel professionals, and then mental health allies and advocates. Right. Uh, I've broken the book down to discuss how to start small with mm-hmm. children, introducing the concept of travel, how to over-prepare, which is so crucial, uh, how to create a child-centric vacation mm. that the child is going to remember and appreciate, how to stay safe. It's broken down first by mode of transportation. Mm-hmm. So whether you're going by airplane, car, train, bus, or cruise, and then 
once you get there where you can stay, whether it's a vacation rental, a hotel, a resort, a campground, even a houseboat. Wow. And yeah. And then I talk about what to do when you're there, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, touring or um, going to various attractions or museums or even um, how to dine out at a restaurant, which is crucial because right. we do that a lot, even when we're not traveling. Right. So it's geared to people, even if they're, you know, traveling to a local zoo, it doesn't have to be an expensive vacation. Mm-hmm. But I do talk about how it's more or less 85% strategy mm-hmm. and maybe 15% locations and, and suggestions, because right. I'm going to be updating that on my blog all the time. And those change, but there is a tremendous number of options listed as well. I love that. And that you have included so many because when, when, as you're saying this, I'm thinking about, it's usually the basic, you know, plane, train, automobile, they don't, you, you don't, they don't include things like houseboats or, you know, and, yeah. and which is things that we need to know. Yeah. You know? Same thing with dude ranches. Um, oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. Any place that I could think that you might want to travel and also tips for older children. So once they're over 18, there mm-hmm. are travel camps that they can go to and also sports vacations that are therapeutic for the child while being uh, great for the accompanying adults and neurotypical children. Right. Okay. So I list all those as well. I cannot wait. I haven't gotten it yet, but I am definitely going to go and get your book because it sounds <laughs> brilliant. And to help us with like kind of get out of our box of the way that vacations are supposed to be, right? Yeah. That you get on a plane and you stay in a hotel and you da, 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 da. I mean, it's kind of the the typical what you think about about vacations, but I really love that. And I I did some um, I did some kind of digging into your website and um, and uh, into your social media, and I just really love the um, the different perspectives. And and here's something interesting that I didn't even know about. So my kids are in middle school. Um, it would have been really great, like you said, to have had something like this when they were real little. Um, but uh, I didn't even know that places like Universal have accommodations for, um, or that, and I don't know that, you know, I know that accommodations are not always the best, but that they do have, there are places like this do have, we don't have to cancel them out, right? Yeah, more and more of these theme parks and water parks, as well as, well as zoos and aquariums and museums, are becoming either autism friendly mm-hmm. or certified autism centers. And that is a designation Ooh. that IBCCES uh, grants to destinations that have taken extensive training for their staff and made Mm -hmm. accommodations, uh, whether it's low sensory areas or um, less crowds in areas or maps that indicate where the quieter places are. A tremendous amount of, um, I mean, in the book, I even list things from uh, beaches and there's like eight or nine different separate things that they're doing Mm -hmm. that are really extensive all the way to special meals and uh, flexibility in meals because that's a big issue too right and just having these low sensory areas maybe having a beach buddy who's a Mm -hmm. one-on-one helper who has been trained for with people on the spectrum kids clubs where the people who are working in them have been trained so they understand 
right. what being on the spectrum is all about, because so much of it is so vital for the people to understand what it's all about, that um, a tantrum isn't a tantrum, it's a sensory meltdown and how right. to help with that. Um, so yeah, tons of places that are either autism friendly or certified autism centers. I do urge people who use the book to discover what that means because mm -hmm. autism friendly has a lot of different meanings. It's very different. Of, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's very widespread and not only will they vary per uh, destination as to what they offer, but it's no guarantee that what they offer is right for your child since mm -hmm. every child on the spectrum is different. Right. So very important to do your due diligence, call, understand what the designation is, because there's more than IBCCES that is giving out designations. Mm -hmm. um, understand how they got it, if they still have it, because these things change, right. and what it offers. And if what they offer is available when you'll be there, because like a museum might mm. have a sensory afternoon once a month, and it might not be the day you're in town. Right. So you have to do your due diligence to use the book as a guide, but don't take it as gospel. Right. And I... Never even you said it's an IB, IBCES. Is IB IBCCES. It stands for the it stands for the International Board of uh, Credentialing and Continuing Education Standards. Okay, this is an amazing organization because they're they're um, certifying people to work with people on the spectrum as mm -hmm. well as destinations as well as travel planners. They have uh, autismtravel.com, which is, again, a list of the certified autism centers. What I've done is combine their list with all of the other places that are autism friendly. So it's a more comprehensive list right? Um, with other, uh, other organizations that do designations like Culture City and Sensory City and um, the Champion Autism Network. Uh, so I've tried to be as inclusive and as comprehensive as I can. Yeah, it sounds like it, Don. This sounds amazing. Thank what you. a brilliant tool for, you know, because we don't want to keep, we don't want to not travel and, and, and have our kids miss out on these experiences that could be life-changing for yes. them, right? So, so important for them to understand that they're um, a world citizen and that there are ways of living that are other than the way they live. Right. Every child should have that experience, not just people on the spectrum, but everyone. I'm yeah. a big advocate of education through travel, but also when a child on the spectrum travels, they're learning about the world, but the world is learning about them. Right. And that's really important too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, um, my kids, my kids, we're, we're, my kids are on the spectrum. We're a neurodiverse family. Um, uh, but my husband is a pilot. So he's a, he's a private pilot. Um, and so the, uh, the, the um before my kids could travel on a jet they had to fly in his airplane which is really kind of funny but it's like no they cannot fly on a jet until <laughs> in my airplane and which is you know they were so little they can, couldn't even see out the window you know at yeah. that point um but i had this particular um this one trip in particular it was just going from raleigh which is where i live to my sister my sister's in denver it was just one of those, like maybe, maybe people will never have this kind of experience ever, but I had it by myself with my two kids who were in a stroller, right? It took us 11 hours to get from Raleigh to my sister's. We got there at six o'clock in the morning and 
I, I wish I had had your book, but I did come prepared. And somehow, honestly, my kids, I, I, I had packed, I had packed the suitcase full of, of, uh, of the snacks that they like and the all, all kinds of, I mean, the, my, the, the bag of stuff that, that to keep them busy for a couple, you know, like it should have only been four hours, um, yeah. kept them busy for the entire time. And Dawn, I brought the double stroller and I battled back and forth with myself. Oh my gosh. Am I just, is this ridiculous? Am I really going to need this? Thank God that I have this stroller. Yeah. 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 And, and the interesting thing is the kids were more well-behaved than the people, than the adults that were just griping and moaning and this, all right, all right, all right. it was just, it was, it was really interesting, but had I had your book, I would have been even more prepared and maybe not as exhausted trying to keep them busy and, you know, all of that, but just the traveling on a plane, that is a lesson in, in and of itself when you yeah. have neurodiverse kids. Yes. My longest chapter. Is, is it the airline I, I, because it always yeah. it also includes what to do with uh inconsiderate onlookers mm, how to handle right. that uh there's so much from preparing for the tra travel maybe role playing maybe mm -hmm. using wings for autism which will uh is a program that will let you visit the airport and go from mm. arrival all the way to boarding uh, -huh. uh experience tsa there are programs like tsa cares where you'll have somebody meet you where it's offered and escort you and help you through security there's so much um you know when do you get on the plane should you go on first should you go on late where should you sit on the plane there's so much and um different certified autism travel professionals give different viewpoints so you'll know what's best for your child i very rarely give one tip i, I because so much is trial and error right but um yeah it, it sounds to me like you were really prepared you could have written that section i was a little oh, over prepared yeah. It, no, yeah. you, you can't be overprepared. <laughs> That's what I try to get across to people. You can't be overprepared because what's the worst that can happen? You're going to pay a little extra for what you're carrying. But right. how important to have that you got through 11 hours. 11 hours. Yeah. The, the great thing was they were able to sleep in that stroller. Oh my, that was like my saving grace. Yeah, thank God. And um, then you, yeah. I mean, you, the go-to bag is so crucial. And I listed in every chapter, because it's my belief that people aren't reading this from cover to cover. They're going to center in on whatever the trip is for that particular period. Right. So that's my one thing is that I repeat this go-to bag again and again, because you're going to need it. And all the things that go into it are so crucial. Yeah, well, and I'd be I'd, I'm I'm curious to um, to hear what you would you know what what I didn't put in my bag that you might put in yours and um, you know what let me let me go to um, an earlier part of my book and I will tell you oh sweet okay. um, and if you can always edit this part out okay. <laughs> looking around because I I keep my book in front of me in case somebody wants to know something um, here is a list of some of the things you can bring in a go-to bag. And this is from Dr. Ellen Littman. Mm -hmm. uh, noise canceling headphones to reduce yes. stimulation and sensory overload. Everybody emphasizes you must bring this. Right, and that's um, something that I wish that I did have. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody in every situation just said, bring your noise canceling headphones. Yeah. Uh, snack size Ziploc bags with low or no sugar foods in discrete mm -hmm. units and disposable packaging that are not messy, don't need refrigeration or utensils like popcorn, cereal, cut up carrots, uh, animal crackers and juice boxes. 
um, surprises costing less than $10 each in gift bags. Think silly putty, mm. four color pens, nothing that can make noise or moves and might annoy others. A change of clothes so you can be prepared rather than frantic when things get wet or dirty. Right. Art supplies like an Etch-a-Sketch and lots of Band-Aids, Neosporin, any medication approved by your physician, Benadryl, anti-nausea medication, Tylenol. Right, right. So those are some of them. Other people will say things like fidget toys, mm -hmm. uh, electronics filled with their favorite movies. So I, I have different people's viewpoints on right. what to bring, but I don't think you can ever be too prepared. Well, and you know, as you're saying this, Dawn, I'm thinking of for myself too. <laughs> when i yeah. travel you know things that and i i am pretty thorough i kind of have the this um my adhd um i wasn't diagnosed until i was an adult so mine kind of turned into a little bit ocd so i'm I do over i think a lot about about things but um but yeah like these things can help us too right of course because this is yeah. a, this the the our listeners are mainly moms with adhd so helpful yeah. for all of us so don't uh, you know you have so much on your plate because i found out i was a little adhd once i had children too and i was right. not only managing my life but my husband's life and my children's lives yes so you know it's not ocd it's like or not necessarily ocd it's like taking stock of all of your responsibilities of and being super right. careful that you haven't missed anything and being structured that's the yeah. thing the yeah. staying so structured almost to a fault sometimes how is that a bad together. thing that's not a disorder that's a, a matter of, of of organization and coping it is well thank you that is yes that is definitely yeah. a coping coping mechanism so can you tell us a little bit about um about um, maybe some different ways to introduce the concept of travel to your kids. Yeah, I'd love to, because I think it's so important, uh, especially now that you have kids that are maybe three or four that um, just went through two years of being stuck in the house. Right. And so they don't know what traveling is because, you mm -hmm. know, when they were two, what did they know? And now they're four and then maybe they're cognizant of what it could be. Right. Uh, but they haven't experienced it. So first picture books with their favorite characters experiencing different travel situations can help and i do list some but your mm -hmm. local librarian will give you a lot more mm -hmm. uh, role play uh, i don't know if your listeners are familiar with social stories do you know mm -hmm. what social stories are i don't mm -mm. well if you'd like me to read quickly if you don't mind i'll, I'll read a quick description from the book because I think it's important. Sure. Um, social stories are a method that autism consultant Karen Gray developed as an engaging and interactive way to help those on the spectrum cope with new or problematic situations. Mm -hmm. um, so it's written from a child's point of view using narration and photos and drawings to guide a child through an experience. Uh, a, a story for a child on the spectrum about a trip to Florida might include travel details, things they might be nervous about, people they might meet, reassurance that their parents will be them with them all the time, mm -hmm. and activities they like or can ex anticipate enjoying. Right. Okay. So um, using those, Carol Gray's book's awfully good if you want to purchase it. You can also get um, an app that lets you create social stories on the go. Oh, sweet. So okay. Why not? You know? uh, right. And I do list that information. And so also creating mini experiences mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. what i mean by that is 
I mentioned before, before you get on an airplane, you can maybe go through Wings for Autism or you can call the airline and see if they'll give you a tour. You want to create a frame of reference and predictability because children crave predictability, whether or not they're on the spectrum. Right. They want to understand what they like routine and <laughs> what's less routine than travel. So create a frame of reference. So along with, you know, you don't want to take a 10 hour flight when you can take a, maybe a one hour local flight to introduce it. Right. Um, before you spend thousands on a hotel stay, maybe stay at a relative's house for the night mm -hmm. because you'll instantly see the child will see what it's like sleeping in a room that's not their own, but you'll instantly instantly see where the triggers are. Right. So do they, do you need to bring your own sheets and blankets because the child is familiar with the smell and the texture? Do you mm -hmm. need to bring your own toiletries because they're familiar with that as well? Do you need to bring a fan to drown out the sound of the hallway if you're staying in a hotel? Maybe their favorite lamp, maybe their favorite toys. You're going to figure it out really quickly and it's better to know in advance. Right, right. Um, before you go on a camping trip, set out a tent in the backyard. Experience one night of that. Mm -hmm. uh, there's so many, even a, a trip to a local zoo, aquarium, children's museum, or um, even a scavenger, you know, call a trip to a flea market, a scavenger hunt, call right. it a tour, because then you've created a frame of reference. If they have a good time, then mm. you can say, when we're going on vacation, we're going to go on a tour. And remember when we went on that tour to the flea market, that's going to be, this is going to be like that was. Right. I love that, Don. That's really brilliant. The, the mini, you know, as I'm thinking about that trip that I took with my kids, um, there were a lot of things that I didn't do like prep them. I didn't, I didn't really prep them. Now I had taken each of them, actually I had taken the, the, each of them separately out to see my sister at different points, but this mm -hmm. was the first time they were together and it was just me. My, my husband didn't go. You're a brave woman. Well, you could <laughs> call it that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do wish that I had, uh, that I had taken the time. And so, and it's not just for the young kids too. It's for, it's for our older kids. You know, the, the, um, I know with, uh, with our neurodivergent minds and you said everybody likes certainty, but there is, um, there is also, you know, there's this thing in our, one of the, one of the things that creates the most anxiety, I think for, um, for our neurodivergent kids is that not knowing, right. And, and yeah. the being afraid of what, what am I going to experience when you I'm, know, it, that's, what's so great about technology today, because there's mm -hmm. a video for everything and right. whether it's on YouTube or it's provided by the supplier, you know, you can get pictures of a vacation rental before you go. You can get videos this before you go. You can right. get video of the hotel in every part of the hotel. Yeah. And if you can't, you can request it. Mm -hmm. um, I had one father who said that before they go to an amusement park, they look at videos of every ride because mm. they know what to rule out ahead of time. Right. And why right. don't you want to do that? Yeah, I, that's brilliant. I hadn't thought about that either. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> usually, usually it's it's when we get there and we see this ride and we're like, oh, we were so excited about it, but nope, no. <laughs> and you know, don't beat yourself up because I didn't do any of these things either. Yeah, I mean, when I was researching this book, I said, wow, that would have been really great if I had done that. Right, that would have been great, and that would have been great. But now yeah. you know, now you get to yeah. share. So, and I yeah. think that's the 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 uh, the brilliant thing is kind of what you know the why the reason I do what I do is so that I can shorten the the learning curve for you know for moms going forward so that's yes. what you're doing right yes i hope so and that, they don't that's have my to desire. do all that research you've already no. done it 
No, but they do have to do their due diligence. And that's true. The due diligence, <laughs> yes. But yes. at least you're giving them ideas and direction. Yes. I'm giving you know? them a checklist that if they follow from A to Z, they'll probably have covered everything from how to keep the children safe to how to introduce ideas, how to create a child-centric vacation. So maybe you go to museums that cater to your child's special interest. Right. And I've listed tons of those under different states and cities. So if your child loves dinosaurs, you know where to go. If your child loves insects, you know where to go. Right. Because the children on the spectrum have these very specific interests that occupy, you know, most of their week. Right. And why not build a vacation around that and make it their vacation? It's not your vacation. It's theirs if you right. want it to go well and you should create pacing that also takes in mind that maybe they can do one or two things a day and then mm -hmm. the rest of the day might be by the pool. Right, right. Yeah, I found that is very important. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and you talked about um, starting small. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, that was what I was saying with the mini with the minis, with the minis, yes. right. And you know, if before you take a long train ride, maybe a commuter ride, you mm, know, for 40 right. minutes, you, you can just see where the triggers are going to be. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I can't say enough, like you can go to a local restaurant that serves ethnic cuisine and try different kinds of foods mm. and introduce oh, the child too. to the, the different things going on in the world and different right. types of food. And they'll either like it or they don't. You can always bring something with you just in case, you know, yeah. maybe they like Cheerios. So if they won't eat, you know, the pasta at the Italian restaurant, you can hand them some Cheerios under the table. Right, right, exactly. Okay, so, and um, and you uh, you talked about preparing to the nth degree. What does yeah. that look like for you? Yeah, you have to break the trip down. You have to organize it in your mind, which is what I've tried to do in the book from the mm -hmm. second you leave the house to the second you come back. And actually, there's the letdown after the vacation. And right. I didn't write about that. One of the bloggers, I think I spoke to some podcasters said, well, what do they do afterward? And I said, that should have been the last chapter of my book. So it will be an entry in my, my blog that will back up the book. So you will have that information. It just right. won't be in the book. Uh, so that was kind of embarrassing. But yeah, you're going to break it down. And yeah. you're going to think of where all the triggers, where is it going to be a potential for bad smells or mm. crowds? And what is your backup plan going to be right. in those cases? Um, I had one parent whose child was going to cross a suspension bridge and she wasn't sure if she was going to be able, if he was going to be able to do it because mm -hmm. he had certain fears and anxieties. So right. she arranged with the tour leader to have a golf cart waiting there. So if he couldn't do it, they would do it. He would go in the golf course cart and they would meet at a specific place and then continue on. Okay. Now, that he, is preparing to the end. Yeah. Degree. Yeah. Okay, he, that's brilliant. Yeah. He didn't need it, but it was good to have it. And if right. you work with a certified autism travel professional, they're mm -hmm. going to know where some of these uh, potential problems might be and they'll be able to help you. John, I didn't even know that there was such a thing as a uh, certi yeah. certified autism professional, yeah. I, I, a, a travel professional. I yeah. have no idea. Yeah. There is a list in the back of everyone who contributed to the book there there's their bio and then there is um a way to find them and not only them but anybody you want to speak to and they don't have to be in your hometown because thanks to technology you can work with anybody anywhere yes exactly i know isn't that brilliant <laughs> yeah so you know if the people in the book make sense to you give them a call and i'm sure they'll do a great job for you right okay and and how do you create uh, you've talked about this a little bit but like uh, what is creating a child-centric vacation 
look like? Like you mentioned, you yeah. know, if, if they have specific interests, is there yeah. anything else that we sure. should keep in mind? Yes. Along with the pacing, which is mm -hmm. really important. Uh, I would say, get your child's buy-in. So if you're going to plan a vacation, mm -hmm. maybe give them a choice of where they'd like to go. All being, you know, three choices, all pre-approved by you. Yeah. So there are no wrong answers. Right. Uh, let them pick their clothing and help pack it and mm -hmm. which toys they're going to bring and anything like that. Because once you've got their buy-in, they've got a vested interest in the success of a trip. Mm, right. And then right. building it around their interests. Now, if you have a child who doesn't have specific interests like that, you might choose to go to a resort that is like beaches in uh, Turks and Caicos and Jamaica. There are three locations. Mm -hmm. um, their kids' clubs have professionals on hand who have been trained mm. and every they're actually advanced certified autism centers so they've gone above and beyond okay and that gives you the opportunity to spend some time with your loved one or partner and the children are in the kids club right. and you actually have some time to yourself so for every parent listening to me that says but i don't want to spend the entire vacation at a mustard museum well yeah. maybe you go to one of these resorts and and i list several you know, also um, gearing them around therapeutic sports, like I mentioned before, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's horseback riding, golf, mm. ski skiing, or scuba, all of those are therapeutic and it can be enjoyed by people on the spectrum as well as people off the spectrum. Right. And okay. it can be a great bonding experience. These are not team sports. They don't require an interaction. They're really competing with yourself and mm -hmm. Something like golf, where you practice your swing over and over again, that repetitive motion is something that children enjoy. Right. Um, so those are described in places to um, get involved with those types of activities. There's a ton of adaptive skiing places. There are places like Dive Heart that specialize in scuba for children on the spectrum and with invisible needs. Uh, all these, I thought, were just great options. Again, I had no idea. Yeah, I learned a lot too. <laughs> yeah, this is brilliant. You know, and as you were talking about the um, the uh, the sports, I was thinking about my kids are um, are swimmers, um, and and I know that the the uh, the pressure and the like swimming is amazing for that sensory yeah. the the sensory input. I guess yeah. I don't know that the the the, um, the resistance or I don't know what it is about the water, but yeah it's also when you're scuba the the compression of the suit is right. very therapeutic uh, even and, if just the suit right and then you yeah. go under okay yeah and then it's there's about the quiet that. there's the quiet there's the fish there's no need to interact there's no social mm -hmm. pressures right. they love it there have been children who were nonverbal, and then they became more verbal after being you know in scuba programs wow that's amazing yeah i was i thought it was wonderful yeah that's brilliant so um, I, when my husband and i plan trips we always plan we always make sure that wherever we're going to stay if we're staying in a, in a hotel um that or, or a resort or something that there is a pool there um and it kind of it, that kind of comes from my childhood because we always we it was back when you could have those the big windy um uh slides yeah my dad my dad would always make sure that the the, the uh, hotel that we stayed at had a, one of those windy slides um i don't think that they're um i don't think they're allowed anymore but um but uh but anyway so we took my kids to disney and again that was something from my childhood that i wanted to share with my kids 
the only thing that they remember about Disney is the pool. That was the one thing they could not. And I've heard, I had heard this. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, okay. I mean, that noted, right? Yeah. Child centric. That's yeah. I, I was speaking to somebody who took their niece to a science museum and mm-hmm. the kid was from the country and had never seen an escalator before. And all she wanted to do is go up and down on the escalator. Right. And you know what? The aunt let her do it yeah, because yeah. that's what she remembered. So it's child centric vacation is sort of letting go of our expectations of what it yeah. should be. And, right. and not pressuring the child to have the greatest time at the happiest place on earth, but maybe have the, the time that they want to have. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that was our Disney trip. It's like, yeah. oh, but you guys, the castle and the, didn't care about that. They didn't care no. about that. It. Yeah. I did. And that was just, that was part of my childhood. It's like, okay, that's not, that's not their thing. The pool is definitely their thing. Um, so Don, this has been really amazing. Thank you so much for sharing um, all of this amazing beaches. I no idea. I had no idea that they were um, that they were so uh, qualified to. Um, yeah. yeah. Cruise lines, too. There's five lines. major okay. cruise lines and there's a, an organization called Autism on the Seas that puts together group cruises for people on the spectrum. It can help you with individual cruises as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the travel professionals are going to be able to help you with us yeah. and make these kind of suggestions. So um, I love that. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing. And I can't wait to pick up your book. Oh, great. Well, it is available on pre-order now. Okay, great, great. Oh, it's pre-ordered. When when does it come out? It comes out August 15th. Right now you can pre-order both the hardcover and the audiobook, but Mm -hmm. the digital copy, the ebook won't be able to be pre-ordered. You have to get it on August 15th. Um, And like I said, my website, which is Mm travelingdifferent.com, will not only tell you some of the places you can buy it, it's pretty much available on all online retailers, um, and you can order it at bookstores. Please ask your library to carry it. So people who can't afford it can have access to it. Yeah. And um, I will be backing up and updating the book on the blog. So that's, Mm -hmm. you know, people should absolutely subscribe to that. So they're able to see what's going on. I also on social media, both on Twitter and Facebook, anytime I see a story that I think might be of interest, I retweet it or I republish it. Mm -hmm. uh, So people can have access to that as well. I'm trying to be an information repository. Yeah, that's great. And I love that you shared that about your blog and that anything, anything else, like you told, like, like you, you talked about the, what about after the trip? And that's yeah. a good question. Like, how do you keep that? How do you keep the, keep it going other than pictures? Well, it's really, how do you deal with that meltdown? And I mean, meltdown, I've had right. experience with any sort of special event and what happens when they get back and the excitement isn't there anymore. Right. So I haven't, written that story, but I've done all the interviews on it and I mm-hmm. will be, I will be publishing it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's great to know. So Don, can you tell us about a time in motherhood when you either achieved something or overcame something that initially just felt impossible? Yes. I had two children. I was working full-time as a realtor and I went back to college because wow. I wanted to be I wanted to uh, be a good role model to my kids. Mm -hmm. So I found a college, you know, at the time there wasn't as much of this online learning as there is now, Right. but Empire State College, which is part of State University of New York, had a wonderful program for me because you could either go to local classes or you could work one-on-one with a mentor or um, you could... um, 
take uh, distance learning classes. So I did a combination of all of those and I, I finally got my degree. Wow. That's yeah. a lot. Yes. <laughs> I had lot. done, I had done two years at Tufts when I was young and then the money ran out and my parents weren't really big on borrowing money. And uh, yeah. Right. So I went and worked and uh, from age 18 on, I was working. So I started college at 16. So from mm -hmm. age 18 on, I was working. And when I was in my 40s, I decided I wanted to go back to school. I thought it was important for them to see. Yeah, so I, did. I love that. I, I love did. that. And I bet yeah. it was not easy. It was not easy. <laughs> it was not easy, but I got it done. And I really enjoy learning. Right. So it was, it was fun. Yeah. And you know what I learned, which was really important, how much easier a guy, kids, you have it so much easier now because I right. didn't have the internet when I was young to do my research. And now I could do all of it via the internet. And that was really wonderful. Yeah. In so many different ways, you know, we were taught in one specific way, way back when. Yeah. And then as time has evolved, we, you know, there are lots of different ways that we can that we can learn, which I think is really brilliant. And especially in the the uh, the neurodivergent um, world, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that's well, Don, my one thing. <laughs> this has been really fantastic. I, there is so much just in this, um, this interview that I know our moms are going to be able to take um, forward and create some amazing vacations. So definitely go check out Dawn. Um, and so what's the, what's your website again, differently it's traveling different with one L traveling with one L different.com. Mm -hmm. And my email address is there. And, and also my social media contacts, if mm -hmm. people find a different experience than I've described, or they've got um, strategies that I did not include, mm. or I've opened up the world to them in some way, please write to me and let me know your experience might be in the blog, I, I'd be happy to reprint it, or it might be in an upcoming version of the book if I do another edition um, and other people can benefit from it. So I'd really appreciate that. Yeah, that's brilliant. So definitely go check out Dawn, pre-order the book, no matter where you are in motherhood. I just, I, I, I'm really excited to get my hands on it. Great, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for taking the time today, Dawn. Thank you. And goodbye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. To get started on your Vision Driven Mom journey, go to visiondrivenmomwalk.com to download the Vision Walk audio guide. Join the collective of moms with ADHD moving their bodies and their lives forward and leaving overwhelm behind. Anything is possible, even for the mom with ADHD. Goodbye for now.